I was an animal. Like what you see now <laughs> is nothing compared to what I was around 15 years ago. I was I was a monster, a fucking monster. Well, you're a menace. Oh, I'm telling you, I was. I'm telling you, I and I and I wasn't. Mark the menace. <laughs> Hello carnivores and welcome to session number 12. Today by popular request we've been discussing when and when not to fast and also when and when not used to use train intensifiers. Before we start, our podcast review of the week comes from Mr. Zag Bigniev. Inspiring and motivating, you have a hard work in dealing with different people. Nicely said, the client has to be coachable. Thank you all gents for a different perspective. Amazing. Thank you very much for the review, sir. All ratings and reviews grow, help grow the channel originally, and we appreciate support. Okay, so let's jump into our first topic of today. Coach, Coach Colt, what is your general mindset around intermittent fasting? Funny you ask, because I'm going back and forth between one meal a day and two meals a day, and this is something I've been doing for quite some time now. Um, generally speaking, with intermittent fasting, um, when someone asks me, Hey, what's your, what's your thoughts on intermittent fasting? I always need to figure out where they're coming from first, because if they're fasting for health reasons, or if it's a religious practice, um, great. I think that there's a lot of, there's certainly, um, a huge list of benefits that you can get from intermittent fasting. Um, however, forcing it can really, really backfire into an eating disorder real quick. If you're not careful certainly something that i dealt with the first handful of shows that i did um basically the first the first four shows that i did without a coach i was just going with whatever i could find on youtube and whatever made the most sense whatever sounded uh, the most appetizing whatever sounded the most appealing which was if it fits your macros following more of, uh, of standard american diet um thinking that calories were gospel and um, and, and and focusing on all the things that are popular on YouTube and even in books. Um, and until I hired a coach and had, had enough experience and really understood how my body works and understand and understand how nutrition works, um, I wasn't able to get a solid grasp on um, on my on my food. So intermittent fasting came in. At, excuse me. I started using intermittent fasting in an effort to lose weight, which is a big mistake. Mm. I don't think anybody should use fasting as a way to burn fat. Um, I think that's a. I, th I think that's the wrong mentality, um, and I think it's just like cardio. It's just like tracking calories. Um, it's something that can be very, very much abused and um, and put you down a crazy cycle of binging, purging, um, a bad relationship with food and just not wanting to do it again. I think that you can really work your way into um, in, in, into, a, into a tough experience if you, if you don't come into fasting with the right mindset. You really have to listen to your body. If you're hungry, eat. If you're not hungry, don't eat. If you're extreme dieting, which I guess we can kind of say that I am right now, I'm not competing, but I'm gonna be stepping on stage in uh, 10 days, I think, 11 days. So I'm less than two weeks out from a guest posing gig and um, switching to one meal a day is very, very helpful. Now, um, I'm going back and forth between one meals and two, and, and, and two, and two meals because I train hard. You know how I train. Um, I, I train a lot less hard now. Thank you very much to you and Coach Jonathan from helping me to not overtrain. <laughs> um, but fasting has, 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 has become more, has, has become a tool that has been helping me lose weight. 
although that's never that's never the goal mentally that's never the goal consciously the goal consciously is to eat when I'm, is is to eat to satiety um, all day every day in a perfect world however um, pushing my meals down to one or two um, just has me eating less food overall throughout the day and it makes the dieting process a lot let a, a lot easier um, it's a lot more sustainable actually for me to be able to stick to one or two meals a day and actually be able to enjoy a really, really big feast. And then I'm totally good for the next day. I don't get hungry until typically around the same time. If it's a day where I've um, done some heavy lifting, like particularly legs, then I'll start getting hungry kind of later, uh, late in the afternoon. Otherwise, usually I'm pretty good around that time. And I just wait all the way until it's until the kind of around when the sun sets. And that's when I like to eat my one and only meal, typically when I do one meal a day. And it's always a keto brick. And from there, it's beef and butter to satiety. I always start with the keto brick because it's the only thing that I'm eating right now that's really not 100% animal-based. So anything that is plant-based can tend to throw off my satiety signals and, uh, and, and, and in some cases ramp up my appetite, which is not okay on contest prep. So that's why I always start with that. And then from there, it's nothing but animal products the rest of the day. What about you, Mark? How do you, how do you go about fasting? Yeah, so nothing pretty much to add to that. That was a good answer. And for me, it's just about the, it uh, comes down to the individual. So it's, let's say if someone's in an off season and their food is quite high, um, then I don't see any benefits of doing fasting at all. Because if you're, let's say, for example, we're, we're focusing on calories and Let's say your average intake is like, let's say, three and a half thousand, four thousand calories, and you want to get two thousand calories on each meal. That's going to be a lot of food, a lot of food. And when you look at it, if you're going to be in, let's say, two hundred fifty or three hundred grams of protein, again, that's going to be a hell of a lot of protein to eat in two meals. A lot of protein. So we need to understand basically uh, digestion and detoxification, because a lot of people think that by doing fast and it's like it's like this quick detox and in some ways it is it can help uh relieve relieve pain it can help release bloating it's actually good but it's actually good to the point where we actually don't want to do fasting a hell of a lot where it actually interrupts our weight loss um if we're focused like colt says if we're focusing on fasting all the time and we're not focusing on our food and what's going to happen is you may have issues with your gut. So you've got to think about it like this. If you're eating two major, major big meals um, and you've got gut, gut issues pretty much straight after that to the, to the point where your performance in the gym is pretty bad, it's just down to basically your food hasn't digested in your body properly enough. So I would actually maybe add in a third meal. I may, I may, I may actually add in a fourth meal. Now, as I'm getting leaner, I might actually do the opposite. I'll do what Colt is doing at the moment. I might actually bring it down to two meals and then if I'm getting really, really lean, I might just down to bring it down to one meal simply because I don't want to be thinking about food all the time. So mm-hmm. if I'm going on stage and I'm literally eight weeks up for a show, I want to make sure I'm feeling good. I'm not thinking about food. And ideally, one meal a day would be perfect. Absolutely perfect. But again, if I'm in the off season, I think two meals, I'd say it's stretched about three or four meals spaced out throughout the day would always be an option for me. For me, I would never get anybody to fast first thing in the morning. Um, I'm a big believer in if you're if you are going to train 
in the morning. I personally like to have food at least maybe two hours before I go to the gym just to fuel my workout. If I'm training really, really early in the morning, then that meal that I have the night before is going to be my most important meal. So I'm going to make sure I have that at least maybe two hours before I go to bed. So that way is when I, when I come up, when I wake up the next day, I feel good. I'm well hydrated. My, my uh, muscles are ready to go. My body's ready to go. Um, I'm fueled. Um, I'm not saying that fasting in the morning is a bad thing. I'm just saying that if you're fasting in the morning and you're thinking that this is this is the the magic pill of you losing weight, it's not really going to happen. It doesn't make any difference, really. For sure. And can I? Uh, and I'll also just point out also, um, when you are fasting, when we look at like not not weight training, like cardio, for 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 example, like let's say someone's going for a run, um, this is where I would say to somebody, listen, you actually don't need any fuel literally before you actually go for a run. Maybe, again, maybe have it about two or three hours before you actually go for that run. But again, the fuel that you have, it doesn't need to be too heavy in your stomach. So if you're eating a big meal before you go for a run, the chances are you won't actually make it at all. Right. Yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine running with food in my stomach. No. You, you, know, you know me, how much I love running, even to, even to my detriment at some points. <laughs> I've gone through a lot of injuries and um, even and even run so much to the point to where um, it's been hurt. It's it's hurt my diet because I have to eat so much to be able to um, to be to be able to fuel my runs. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise getting that foot injury, have, um, having to back off from it from from running a bit. But especially aerobic sports, I just cannot imagine. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine doing an en- en- endurance work with with food in my stomach. And mm. um, I was ta- I was talking with one of my old business mentors last night. He's a he's a he's a dentist. Um, but he and I have done a lot of online business together over the years. Um, back before we back before we were full time online coaches, and he does triathlons. Um, and so he's just starting to get his feet wet into the. Um, into the ketogenic diet, meat-based diet, intermittent fasting, they all kind of go together. You guys notice that, how when people go keto, when they go carnivore, you don't really see, um, it, I mean, in some cases, Lily Kane, I know, eats like throughout the day, um, but most people in the in this space seem to be, seem, seem to use intermittent fasting um, quite often. Yeah, I just find that with fasting, I just like to digest a bit, the digestive, Sorry, the digestive part of it. So that's why I eat pretty much throughout the whole day. So I try and fit in about four meals a day. That that's pretty much a sweet spot for me. Um, I, do, I I listen to my body. I actually don't wake up and say, okay, I need to fast. If I if I need to eat, I'm gonna eat. That's it's as simple as that. So it's usually roughly about an hour after I wake up, I'll have some. Um, depends. Like again, if I'm training in the morning, if I if I feel hungry, um, which is very very rarely. I won't eat. I'll, I'll actually go to the gym. Um, and again, straight after training, if I feel like I need to eat, I'll eat. If I feel like I need to eat three hours later, I'll eat three hours later. I don't believe in forcing your body to eat food at all. I don't I don't believe that at all. I don't believe in this, all this anabolic window that you need to have a pre-workout, you need to have a post-workout. Everything needs to be based around your workout. I think that's complete rubbish. I think it all comes down to what you eat throughout the whole day. So, I think this fasting, like, like when we look at fasting, I think it's, I think a lot of a lot of people pretty much blow it out of proportion. There's a lot of um, misinformation about when it comes to uh, fasting. 
And a lot of it is not true. A lot of people think that it can, it can cre- increase your testosterone, it can help you get stronger in the gym, all this rubbish. And there are some benefits to it. But again, it's not. it wouldn't be for me now, I have to say. Yeah, it's not, it's not the magic pill. Jonathan, what about you? How do you go about, what's your, what's your general mindset around fasting? Yeah, I think for people on the carnivore diet, it's the default eating window. Um, that many people will follow. Typically, people I speak to, they're doing somewhere between one and two meals per day. Um, perhaps people that have more more food to take in each day, they might actually have um, maybe two, three meals. I think an intermittent fast is a bit of a misnomer. Um, we can't really be fasting um, unless we've had an absence of food for about three days, and that's when our muscle glycogen has run out. Mm. Um now, of course, that's just me being pedantic, as I usually would be. But yeah, in the case that most people do for intermittent fasting, they're looking at doing something like a 16 to 8 hour um, fasting to eating window. Um, I think that having these sort of restrictions can be useful for people that perhaps are on a diet, perhaps trying to cut back a bit. Maybe they've got disordered eating, they need some sort of schedule, some sort of routine to stick to. Uh, for people like myself, um, I'm kind of gone away from that. A bit more intuitive nowadays i'm more focused on just getting the macronutrients in on each given day so that doesn't mean i'm timing my meals per se but in my case i actually do try to make sure i hit meals within a sort of certain time frame so i'm not getting behind on my food and take for the day um for me right now i'm in a phase where i'm trying to gain muscle and bulking up or massing so to speak so each day i'm looking at trying to get in more nutrition than i usually would whilst doing that i'm effectively trying to get all the meals in each day without you know falling behind you know no one wants to be going to sleep on like a full stomach well well, i don't anyway i might be a bit unique there but um i like to be a bit empty before i go to sleep so for me intermittent fasting is a useful tool it's probably the default way that a lot of carnivals will be eating in the long term um i don't think it's necessary i think you should eat when you're hungry ideally eat in the time times of the day where the sun is up that seems to sort of match what we should be doing ancestrally. So, yeah, that's just my two cents on it. Thanks for the question. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Okay, so our next question is all about training intensifiers. So what do you think about train, training intensifiers, Colt? Training intensifiers. Uh, I'm not doing any of them right now because <laughs> I'm stepping on stage in two weeks. I, I was all excited um, th- think, thinking about which <clears throat> training intensifiers I should be implementing right now um because because it's just the athlete mentality that is it's 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 hard to get rid of man this 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 more is better mentality but it's been the weirdest thing reducing my volume um and and training every other day right now not even training every day um and not doing any supersets not and and if they are it's just like two easy isolation exercises back to back but other than that, it's it's just going it's just going into the gym, or in this case, my studio. I haven't been to an actual gym in weeks. Everything I've been doing here is just at home, um, and looking at my physique from every single angle, going, okay, I'm guest posing. I'm not being judged, but I just want to I just want to be presentable. I want to do a good job, and I'm the entertainment for the for the show essentially, mm. right? Um, 
so I'm, so I'm essentially treating it like I'm on a contest prep without getting so lean to where I got veins popping out of my abs and glute striations and everything like last year. We don't need to get crazy. This is a bigger, fuller, more, more sustainable look, more of a classic physique, like a golden era uh, pumping iron look that I'm going for. And um, any, anything that makes me retain water is not okay right now. So I notice water retention if I go on too long of a run. I notice water retention if I go overboard of my sodium um, and any kind of training intensifier does it too. Um, the last ones that I, the last ones that I did were, was drop sets and that was last week. Leo, Leo was over. We were filming YouTube videos and so we were filming the drop sets <laughs> and we 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 push we push pretty hard on them. Uh, but yeah, at, at this point, I'm not training to failure or anything right now. When I do use uh, when when I when I do use training intensifiers, I would say my favorites are rest pause sets. Um, simply because they're so practical instead of doing three or four sets of the same, of the same exercise and having it take 10 minutes to do something that I really don't like doing like barbell hip thrust, for example, then I, I would rather just set up the weight, hit it, uh, with 225 pounds, for example, this is typically how I do it. 225 pounds. I can get about 13 or 14 clean reps. I take a, take a, um, take two or three deep breaths. And then I can usually get eight or nine on my second set and then like five and then like three or four on the last one. And that last rep, I like to hold for a good 10 or 20 seconds. So that would be an example of how I go about rest pause sets, um, strip sets or running the rack. That's something that, that else that I, that I love to do. Um, so when I'm, so when I'm at the gym using like cables, for example, I pretty much always do this on cables. Cause I don't really have the ability to do this at home. Um, Whenever I go to the gym, I try to maximize and use everything that I can use at the gym while I'm there, right? So if I'm going to the gym, I'm probably hitting the leg press or I'm probably using cables, whatever I don't have access to at my own studio. So on uh, on like a cable curl exercise, for example, this is my favorite thing to do. Is do a set of 10, drop the weight two notches. Do another set of 10, drop the weight another two notches. Drop, do another set of 10, drop the weight another two notches. And depending on how much time I have, if it's going to be a short workout and I'm trying to get out the door sooner rather than later, because my wife is texting me saying, Hey, the kids are getting kind of crazy in the car and, um, you know, I'm, I'm here waiting for you. Then yeah, that's, that's a time to just run the entire rack. And then that's probably the, all, all I need to do for my workout. <laughs> I mean, uh, my, my biceps are shot the next day after, after doing that. So what else? Um, wave sets. I don't know if this counts as a training intensifier, but this is, um, Jonathan, I'm curious as to what your opinion is on, on wave sets too, if you've ever implemented them. Uh, but in the, but in a building season, as far as strength work goes, I really, really enjoy doing wave sets. So what that looks like is, um, let's, let's use deadlifts for example. Okay. Um, so we're doing, so if I'm doing a set of deadlifts for, uh, five sets, then my first set will be as heavy as I can go for five reps. The next set is going to be a single, which is not a one rep max, but it's going to be heavier than that first set of five. And it's not even to failure. After a five minute break, then that gives your that gives your body enough time to be able to develop just enough testosterone, human growth hormone. And I believe there's a big um, I believe there's a big placebo effect, too, because when you go to because when you take the weight off the bar again and then go for another set of five. Uh, you feel 10 times stronger on that next set. So then you can beat your first set. You can actually lift more weight. Yeah. 
Right? Yeah. So then your so then your fourth set is going to be another single. Same idea. It shouldn't be a one rep max, but it should be like five or ten percent shy of a one rep max. The most I've ever pulled on conventional deadlift is five hundred and forty pounds. So I would so so my singles are usually like around five hundred, and then my uh, working sets would be like four hundred five for five. And I'm probably never going to do this again. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just go going through so many back issues and I've already built the muscle on my back that I kind of wanted to get from deadlifts in the first place. So I'm doing a lot more like accessory um, and more bodybuilding style training for my upper back at this point. Um, and, then the, and then the last set is the fun one. That's the back off set. And so then that's when you do as many reps as you can uh, shooting for about eight to 12 reps. Um, and yeah, about I would say a little less than 400 pounds is what I um, would typically do for something like that. Same, um, you can do you can do the same thing on bench. You can do the same thing on squat. Any kind of a power move, um, wave sets. That's what those are called. So mm -hmm. yeah, those are that's that's kind of my general general strategy around um, when I do use training intensifiers. Okay, so yeah, from I do the wave sets as well in all my workouts, but I use them as warm ups. So let's say if I'm doing a leg press, for example, I may do the first set. I might just get a feel of the muscle. I might just do a set of five. I'll maybe increase the weight by, say, 60 pounds or whatever. I might just do three reps, just get a feel of the, of the weight. I might increase it again. I might actually do two. Then the weight that I intend on using, I might just do one, one clean rep. Um, I'll see how it feels, and then I'll go in and I'll do it again. But... I used to do the back offsets uh, before, but I felt that was basically uh, digging into my recovery. So I wasn't recovering just as quick. So I, what, and, and what I mean by that was, uh, by that is when I was taking my sets to failure, when let's say I did 12 reps on a really, really heavy weight and I took the set to complete muscular failure, both the eccentric and the concentric failure. If I took the weight off and got back into that set again, and let's say I got an extra four or five reps on that on that exercise on the back offset. Uh, in my mind, I haven't progressed at all because my main set was the first set. My and that's why that's what I've always been. That's what I've always grown up to do. Once I focus on getting that main set out of the way, taking that set to complete and utter failure, then what I do is I write that down in my logbook. And when I come back in, let's say a week or two weeks later, I'm going to go in and try and annihilate that set again. So I might actually increase the bar by one or two pounds. I might actually aim for another rep. Um, so that's how I do. I've always been a fan of straight sets. I've never been a fan of uh, intensifiers, whether I'm in an off season or whether I'm in, um, whether I'm actually leaning down. Um, it's just basically what I've done over the years is I've actually lowered the volume. So that's all I've done. So let's say I'm in the off season and I'm doing a leg session and everything really feels really, really good. I have a surplus of food. I'm feeling really, really strong. Um, this is where I'll push all my lifts. I might do an, an extra set here and there. I might actually add in maybe an intensifier at the end of my workout, not nowhere near the start of my workouts. The reason why I don't want to put a muscle intensifier in at the very, very beginning is because if I put everything into those sets at the very, very beginning, I'm going to lose strength throughout the whole workout. I want to maintain my strength all the way through my workout. Now, once I've maintained all my lifts, let's say I get at the end and my last exercise is a, is a leg extension. This is where I'll probably add in a rest pause set. 
because I know I'm going to be safe in this exercise. I know, for for example, I'm going to be very, very safe in a leg extension compared to, say, a hack squat or, um, let's say, a leg, a leg press, where, for me, straight sets would be better because it's easy to track, very, very easy to track. And then when it comes to the end, it's just getting as much blood into that muscle as possible. So that's when I'll incorporate a rest post. I'll take the muscle to complete and not your failure. Um, and that's pretty much it. But also, I'm on, I'm, sorry to interrupt. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on the tracking. It's it's just it's freaking annoying having to ha- having to write down what you did with training intensifiers and with drop yeah. sets and supersets and everything. It's it, it gets it gets complicated and it's hard to tell if you're really progressing or not. Well, with, with the tr- that's what I'm saying. With, when it comes to the training intensifiers at the end, what I usually do is I usually track the first the first set. So let's say I'm doing a rest pause set and I'm I'm lifting say I don't know on on leg extension. Let's say I'm doing a hundred. Let's say I'm doing like um. Let's say 90 pounds. And I get, let's say on the first one, I get about 10 or 12. That's the one I'm going to track. I'm not going to track the next two. I'm only going to track the first one. But to be, to be honest with you, when it comes to the rest pause sets, I'm not really tracking that. I'm only tracking my main lifts. So whether it's a hack squat, a, a leg press, whatever it is, pre- pretty much the compound lifts is what I'm tracking. When it comes to the isolation movements, I'm not really tracking. I'm, I'm just trying to get as much blood into that muscle. So I could do a 20 rep set. I could do, I could do a rest pause set. I might do a muscle round. I might, I might actually control my negatives better. I might actually incorporate partials. There's so many ways I can actually take the muscle to failure. But when we go back to, like I mentioned about training intensifiers, when we get leaner, we should not be thinking about when we get into the gym, oh, I need to do more. I need to do more drop sets. I need to do more supersets. I need to do more output. I need to do more cardio. No, you need to do, You need to take a step back and do less. Less. So if that means you, you need to just go into the gym and do maybe three or four exercises and just do maybe one set to failure, two set to failure, that's it. So that you might actually go into the gym and say, hang on a second, I've only just done six sets here. Yes, you've you probably just done six sets, but did you take every one of those sets to complete another failure? If you did, then why do you need to go back in and do it, do it again? You shouldn't, because at, the, at this stage, because you're getting leaner, what you should be focusing on is your recovery. You're not going into the gym to destroy yourself because you haven't got the food in your body to help you through that. So if your food is very, very low and your energy is very, very low, why are you going into the gym and literally destroying yourself? It just it won't, won't, it won't. It won't look good, and it won't. Honestly, your energy levels will take a massive, massive dip. You'll end up getting moody. You'll end up getting. I've seen it many. I've seen it happen many, many times. You'll get yeah. moody. You'll get stage. You can see it. They're they're, they're inflamed. They're, they're full of water, and then you can and you can see the stress levels are up to here, and it's because they've done too much. They've done cardio two hours a day. They've been in the gym for an hour and a half, and it's like you don't actually need all this. You should be actually decreasing your volume as you get leaner. Beautifully said. Jonathan, what about you on the training intensifiers, man? Yeah. Yeah, you guys have covered a lot of ground there. So um, thanks. That it saves me a lot of grief and hassle trying to extrapolate <laughs> and, you know, work things out there. But um, firstly, on the point of, um, we've called it wave sets. I've tried them before with my brother where we've done like, um, it's almost like a series of drop sets in a way where we've, just randomly changed the weight. So he's, it might be like a, a simple movement, like a cable curl. Um, he's chucked it on the max weight. Then he's put it halfway down. Then he might chuck it down the, the max weight again, just, just randomly. Um, 
someone called C.T. Fletcher, who you guys might have heard of, was basically a proponent of that. And so the idea is you just keep mixing it up. Um, your muscles just know tension. So you'll obviously get more reps if you're going to failure doing the lightweight versus the heavyweight. But the idea is just keep moving the weight. So it's a slightly different way of doing the wave reps that you mentioned. Um, I think for me, it comes down to like the minimal effective dose, getting the right stimulus. Um, and I was also actually, you guys kind of made a really good point as well about um, tracking these different things. Um, anytime we track movements, it's a case of, you know, what exercise are we doing? One. Two, how many sets are we doing? Um, how much weight is used in each set? How many reps are we using in each set? Um, perhaps if you're more advanced, you might also count time under load or time under tension. Then you might also count partial reps. Um, I myself, I do that for myself just come when I'm a bit analytical, a bit OCD maybe. Um, so the way a lot of my sets look like, say it's a standard set, I'd record, for example, leg extension. One times 8.5. So that means one set of eight and a half reps. And after that, we'll say maybe 100 kilos. Time of tension or time to load might be 110 seconds. So I'll put 110S. And if I'm doing a second set, if I fill up for it, it might be, assuming it's the same weight, it'd be something like one times 6.5, um, 100 kilos, then 80 seconds, something like that. So the idea is I've, I've demolished myself in the first set. That's the second set will not be equal to my first set under any circumstance because my muscles don't regenerate to a faster degree um, that quickly. You know, you, you assume you're trained to failure like Mark's outlined, then you'll only lift less weight or have less time to tension, something like that. Now, when it comes to intensifiers themselves, so anything which is above or more than a standard set, um, I think they should be quite limited in their use for myself. My first go-to is usually a rest-poor set. Um, and I'm, I'm saying that from the point that it's different to the intensifier that someone might use, for example, as a static contraction, concentric failure, eccentric failure. They're what I'd consider to be um, mainstays within a standard set or a straight set, um, assuming you're going to that level of intensity. I think there's very few reasons or particular examples of times where someone might have to do an intensifier um, they can be useful if a person one has recovery capacity to do it so that means they're sleeping well they're going about the day well they don't feel miserable you know their appetite's on point they're able to facilitate that extra intensity by fueling themselves with um, good food um, then of course if they're in a plateau situation where they're doing all they can for training they want to dig the hole a bit deeper to try and um, stimulate the muscle a bit more force and adaptive response and yeah add an intensifier so that might for me like I just said it'll be a rest pause set um, now like you guys rightly said that will be very tricky to track um, if you're anything like me you will just do it anyway so for me it won't be a case of doing rest pause set for every workout um, if for example on the case of trying to build up my quads a bit I might use that on a safe movement for me so it might be like a leg extension I might do one set of 8.5, rest five seconds with the same weight, then do a set of maybe two and a half reps, wait five seconds, and I might do one rep, and that might be a static hold or something. Then I'll then have my phone in front of me, and that will have the stopwatch in it. So I might say 120 seconds or 100 seconds of time extension, wherever it happens to be. Um, that's how I track a, an intensifier. Um, rest pause sets are nice. quite easy to track because you're using the same weight. I think the difference is between that and 
something like a drop set is you then have to have another measurement to track. Um, it's not standardized like the initial weight that you'd be using or the 100 kilos that I mentioned. So in a, in a drop set, you might be doing 100 kilos, 80, then 65 or something like that. So then there's three more numbers to write down. So by that point, you know, it is getting into the, the weeds a bit. But as you become more advanced and something like an intensifier becomes of utility to you, you won't mind tracking that. You're trying to eke out all the results that you're trying to get. So that's kind of how I go about intensifiers. Um, if you've got a spotter, you can do forced reps, do negative reps, things like that. Um, but I think there's a time and a place. And I think for the most part, people just need to focus on the basics, straight sets, um, concentric, isometric, and eccentric failure. If that's still enough and recovery allows, then you can add something in like an intensifier. Um, there's lots of ways to skin a cat. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes it can add an element of fun to your workouts, you know, doing something a bit different. Um, but ultimately for me, I'm a competitive athlete. So what I'm trying to do is maximize my performance. My performance is in the gym. Um, and that's just trying to build muscle to then show off on stage. So whatever I do in the gym is just the, the measurement, the the way of achieving the goal, which is the end point of being on stage as ripped and muscular as humanly possible. So yeah, that's pretty much it. And you do a very good job of that, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I think th- yeah, I think the key point Jonathan said that like when, when it comes to everybody's completely different. When you look at your recovery capabilities, that's all it comes down to. Yeah, it just comes it just comes down to you're factoring your lifestyle. If your sauna is very very busy, like the last thing you want to be doing is going into the gym and like literally going into the gym and thinking you have to do so much in order to get the job done. If you're just the average person that just likes to lift weights, wants to put on a bit of muscle then you don't actually need to go into the gym, lighten the weight, do loads of drop sets, do loads of um, supersets. You just need to go in, add progressive overload, add some weight to the bar, maybe add a rep or two pretty much every week, and your body will grow. Trust me. It's that simple. It's very, very simple. Like the way I see, and I think I think it's been this has been it's been like this for years and years and years. Progressive overload is king. I mean, Doreen Yates did it for years. He went in the gym, trained the muscle, went in, did one, one set to failure, added progressive overload, and he, he won the Mr. Olympia, what, six or seven times? So, I mean, when you looked at him, and he got all his information from Mike Menser. Now, I studied Mike, Mike Menser for years, and then I went on Scott Stevenson, and then I went on to, um, um, what's his name? Um, trained by JP, I can't remember his, I don't know his first name, but I Jordan studied Peterson. all these. Jordan Peterson, yeah, I try, I studied these people for years, years and years and years, and every one of them have the same thing in common. They just go in, they train with intensity, they maybe just do one, one or two sets to failure, and when you look at these guys, these guys are, are huge, massive. But at, at when you look at what they did at the very, very beginning, they their mindset was just, I want to be the best. I want, I want to be the best. The average person shouldn't be thinking like that. They should be just thinking about, okay, how can I actually improve? Get that one out of the way first. How can you improve? How to live properly? How to add progressive overload? Not to go in and destroy yourself. Like, don't look at weight training as more of an endurance event of going in and doing supersets. Or not supersets, like a, like a circuit. You're going from one exercise to another. Because you can't track, you can't track that shit at all. Just go into the gym. Let's say you're doing a chest press. You're sitting down on a chest press. See how much weight you can lift. How much with, with, with good form. Check your form. Make sure it's immaculate. And then that last rep, when you can't pick, the, when you can't push that last rep out, put it in your journal. When you come back into the gym, say a week later, 
you should be looking at that and saying, okay, there's my motivation. That's what I need to do. I only got eight reps last time. I'm going to go for that ninth rep. That's what you need to do. If, you, if you've gotten that ninth rep, then that means you're improving. Your body's getting stronger. That's a good sign. That's a very, very good sign. And then it's just a matter of not, not decreasing your food. It's a matter of increasing your food because your body's actually gaining more muscle. And if your body's gaining more muscle, your body needs more fuel in order for you to get that muscle grown in the first place. It's that simple. Yeah, well said, Mark. You have, to, like, you're, you have to understand, like you're training, when it comes to your training, yes, you improve on your training, but you also need to make sure if you're going to be doing that, you need to improve on your food also. So if you're, in a, if you're going to the gym and you're getting stronger and you think that I'm getting stronger, so I'll just eat less food. No, eventually you will break down. Your body will actually break down. Your body will be saying like, listen, I'm getting stronger in the gym. My body, your body's changing. We're not going into the gym to lose weight. We're actually going into the gym to build muscle. So people think that if I go into the gym and just lift weights, I'm going to lose weight. You shouldn't have that mentality. You should have the mentality of, no, hang on a second. I, I want to lift weights and I want to be in a situation where I can eat more food and still look very, very lean. If you're going into the gym and just lifting weights and you're, you're restricting your food like all the time, I can guarantee you the injuries are going to kick in. You're going to get more inflammation. You know what I mean? You're going to feel like shit. As I said, you're going to be moody. You're going to be, you're going to be starving. Like, you know what I mean? It's just mental. You just when your body improves, eat more food. Good stuff. And and Mark, I I think you nailed it when it when it comes down to knowing what your goals are going to the gym because not ever not ever like why are you even training? Why are you even dieting for for aesthetics? Is it because you want to be ripped and look like Jonathan? And you want, and you want to be a beast, and you want to win awards, and you want to be a pro bodybuilder. Okay, great. Most people, I mean, that's that. that I, I still don't know if that's my goal or not. <laughs> I really don't. I just don't know if it's yeah. worth it. I'm taking, I'm taking it one year at a time. I'm really enjoying not competing this year, actually, and just uh, training for YouTube and, tra- and and training the rest of our athletes. Um, but like my consultation last night, uh, I was all, I was all excited. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write this guy a meal plan. That's going to get him in the best shape of his life. And he's like, Hey man, I just want to lose 20 pounds. I just, yeah. uh, I, I, I just, um, I'm, tra- I'm training for a half marathon. Um, yeah. I mean, I want to have muscle mass, but muscles really aren't my goal. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get down to 190 and stay there, uh, forever. And, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I, I want to do it in a way that's healthy. And, um, I don't think that, carbs ever need to come back into my diet so he goes i'm just curious how you and taylor make it work as a family and and i told him i mean if you go to the gym once or twice a week and and just keep up your running schedule like you have your diet's gonna do everything yeah um you don't need to be doing additional cardio i mean he and and he 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 does running because he likes to run not because it's a form of cardio for him so he's a different type of athlete than we are but um but yeah you don't you don't need to you don't need to isolate your rear deltoids, your brachialis, your freaking lower hamstring heads, and and try and try to get the quad the quad hamstring separation. If your if your if your if your goal is just general health and wellness and weight loss, um, you, me, Jonathan, we're all kind of perfectionists, and we need to have every muscle looking just perfectly, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, yeah, I mean, look, you you nailed it there, Colts. I mean, yourself, Jonathan, and myself have different goals when we go to the gym. 
you may want to get bigger. You might want to uh, look at doing a pro card or whatever. Jonathan may be the same. Jonathan is in a situation now where he has a an injury that's holding him back, but he's gonna he's gonna be on stage now very very soon, and that's basically what he's looking forward to. For me, it's 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 different. I have my own reasons why I want to keep on improving every year. I've got a family. I want to be there for them. And um, if my daughter has like a, a daughter, maybe in the future, I want to be. I want to be in a situation where I can play with her. I want to be, you know what I mean? I want to be able to do more stuff as I get older. So you guys are not there yet. Whereas for me, I am there now. Um, and my goals, when it come, my goals are completely different now to what they were when I was your age. When I was at your age, I was out partying. I was putting on the muscle. I was enjoying life. But now as a father, as a family man and, I'm watching my daughter grow and I have it. Um, my business is doing quite well. I'm only going, I'm not going into the gym to, for an ego. I'm not going into the gym to improve, to like to prove anything to anybody. I'm just going into the gym for me, really. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I think I mentioned this to Jonathan yesterday. Like I'm doing this bodybuilding competition with no pressure, with no stress whatsoever. I'm actually enjoying this journey because I know the reason why I'm doing it. It's got nothing to do with a medal or a trophy for me. I'm just going into it. And I'm going to have fun if I if I if I do well, happy days. But I'm not going into that with this mindset. Oh, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna turn pro. I'm gonna do fantastic. Honestly, I'm at that stage now where I, c- I couldn't give a shit. I honestly even though go. even though you and I both know that you're definitely getting your pro card this year, but we'll just well well that is, well we'll say we'll say. But as but like <laughs> what we all as I said, we all have different goals. And like yeah. I said, when you look as I said, when you look at everybody here and now. Like, I hope Jonathan goes back on stage. I mean, it's going to be huge for him. It's going to be massive yeah. over his, his injury. It's going to be huge for him. It's, man, again, me and Jonathan... It's, going to, be, it's going to be a victory, regardless oh, of how yeah. he plays. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's going to step on stage, and it's going to mean more to him that I'm back on stage now, whereas two years ago, I, I thought it would never happen again. Whereas with you, it could be a different thing for you. You could say like, well, I did my nine shows, but I always said I was never going to go back and do it. But you could, your decision could change in a year's time. You could be like, oh, I'm talking to so many people on the internet in the last year. It's after giving me the buzz. I've learned so much more about training volume um, food. I'm actually going to go back into this now open-minded. I'm not going to go in and stress myself. I'm not going to go in and bleed and do loads of cardio. I know that if I go back in and do it again, I don't need to do all the volume. I don't need to do all the cardio. I can be, I can still be a family man, and I can still see how I, how I actually end up on stage. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you were, you were cracking me up when you were talking about your partying days, man. I'm just, I'm just like thinking of you <laughs> in Ireland. I mean, like, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I hear that alcohol is popular in. I was I was unbelievable. I'm telling you, back at your age, I was especially with the women, my God, I was I was I was I was a naughty, naughty boy when I was younger. <laughs> a I naughty, used, naughty lad. I used to get so, I, I was I used to get in so many fights when I was younger. <laughs> no way honestly uh, i was get, i was i was vicious vicious what, what what did you drink because like stereotypically i'm just thinking irish whiskey and guinness you know no i was always get, I, we we pretty much drink anything like anytime <laughs> we went out with the lads especially rugby lads we used to go out and we, we before we went out we'd have a, like a, a can of red bull or we'd mix it with like a shot or something so we'd go out and we'd be we'd be hyper if this would be straight after a game and we'd be hyper <laughs> and we'd be like knocking back drinks and like we we'd be actually shouldering people because we we used to love all the aggression. 
So he loved getting into like confrontation. Really yeah. love it. So, and um, we used to, honestly, I think probably once every week we used to get into a fight. I mean, we ended up so many times in a police station. I couldn't tell you how many times we ended up in a police station. No, 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 like, no wonder I, you played rugby. That makes sense. Uh, we got in so much trouble. It was unreal. I mean, I'm, I'll give you one story just real quick. I remember we went. To, I, I remember we went to a nightclub, and um, we went. One of my friends went past me, and uh, another fella, another fella, friend of mine went in for me, and he had an, he had a nose ring in his in his nose. And one of the bouncers said, "Listen, you're not getting in unless you actually take that out of your ear or out of your nose." And, and he had an earring in his ear, and the bouncer said, "Listen, you need to take that out, out of your ear." So your man's, your man, your, my friend was like, I'm going in. He just walked right past him, right? No word of a lie. The bouncer actually picked up a glass, right? And, and says, listen, out you go, right? Out you go. I, I, I picked up the glass off the table. This is no word of a lie, Linda. I picked up a glass off the table, went over to him and smashed it on the back of his head. I, ended up, I swear to God. I was I was an animal. Like what you see now is nothing compared to what I was around fifteen years ago. I was I was a monster, fucking monster. Oh, you're a menace. Oh, I'm telling you, I was. I'm telling you, I and I and I wasn't. Mark the menace. I'm telling you, I look back at it now. I'm saying you should be ashamed of yourself. I was always well behaved, guys. I don't have any interesting stories to tell. Of course you are. You're English. <laughs> yeah. Us English are a bit, um, bit prude in some ways. That's I'm, gl- I'm glad I grew over. Okay, I got, I got, to, I got to throw one Irish joke in there, and I don't, and I don't think I've told on the air yet. So, so, so if you've already heard it, forgive me. But how do you get? Uh, how, how do you get in? Um, how, how does an, how does an Irishman screw in a light bulb? I think you told me this before. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. How, how, how many Irishmen does it take to screw to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> it takes, it takes three, two. I don't know. It, it it takes five, two to hold the light bulb. Yeah, you told me so before. Whatever. Oh man, I butchered it. Okay, okay. It takes five. It takes one to hold the, the light bulb, and then four to drink until the room. Yeah, you told me that. That was good. That was good. I remember you saying that to me before. <laughs> now, what you need to do, Colt and Jonathan, you need if you guys are into drinking, you need to come to Ireland. I'm telling you now, it's just, it's a different atmosphere. I don't, I don't know, really hard, but 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 I'm but but the whiskey connoisseur in me in me still would love to go um to to go to go do some 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 whiskey tasting seriously. Oh, you do, yeah. You, I mean, if you guys came over here, I bring you the Guinnesses, I bring you the Town Bar. This is basically the like the the main the main area of Dublin, and it's just like <sighs> Jameson, Calvinah, all the good ones. Yeah, it's just mental, <laughs> and like. You can like once we all get drunk, we just all hug each other and we all kiss each other. It's just we all start talk, we all start talking shit, and it's just it's just brilliant. You you got you guys... a daily walk. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. This is this is a health podcast. Let's not talk about getting drunk. No, no, no. <laughs> um, on on injuries, um, hey. Uh, yeah, jo- Jonathan and Mark. Um, so you guys know about the back in- injuries that I'm going through. Um, Jonathan, you've gone through hell and back with uh, with with your herniated discs too. Um, oh yeah. Which which what 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 are you going through right now, man? And how are you um, working through it? Yeah, so I've, seven months ago, I had my spine fused between the L5 and the S1 vertebrae. So if you think about where your your crease is and your butt crack. Go to the top of that, and it's about two inches above that. Um, I've got four bolts 
on two rods in in that place there. Um, wow, that, under that, the skin, that's, exactly so got, that's exactly where mine hurts too. Just where just where you described. Yeah, so it's very common amongst athletes. Um, yes, yeah, so I've got two scars in that area. Um, that area isn't too bad. It's a bit tender. Um, they had to cut through my muscles to get to it um, because the bulk of my lumbar erector spine muscles was too much. They had to actually cut through it directly. Um, that's affected my balance a little bit, my ability to lift things off the floor. Um, so I can't you know, deadlift, bent every row or squat really at all. Um, now I've got some pain in my right hip, which I believe is sacroiliac pain. Um, you can't like stretch it out. You can't build up muscle around it any more than I already have. It's a case of, I believe, um, not had full diagnosis yet, but I think it's pinching on my sciatic nerve. So I have numb legs for the most of the part of the day, um, especially my right leg. Um, so I don't have much sense of, of my or feeling in that leg, basically. Um, I'm still able to lift weights, but I think that's more of a learnt skill rather than something that's mechanically um, sound. Um, but yeah, it's a real pain in the ass, which is funny to a bit of a bit, a bit ironic to say, but yeah, it's a real pain in the ass. Um, yeah. So I'm limited on how much I can walk each day and get around. I'm not very mobile. I try to limit my movement as much as possible throughout the day. Um, it seems like the more rest I get, the better it is. I had to change my training around a little bit. So more isometric holds, more static holds, so to speak. A lot slower reps. Um, no explosive movements at all for any lifts, I don't think. Um, a lot more training, exercise specificity. Um, but yeah, it's not ideal. How about you, Colt? What's up with your back? I'm just finishing writing writing that down. That, that those those are some really good tips that that you um, that you just shared, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna try implementing some of those. Yeah, sure. Um, everything that I'm experiencing is very very similar to you. So the the way the way that my in, injury started was by uh, was by doing way too many deadlifts, he- heavy conventional deadlifts. The, the, those... Oh wait 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 wait. Were they at the start or the end of your workout? <laughs> They were at the they were at the start of my workout. Um, oh, they, yeah. they, they 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 always they they always were yeah 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 because because I wasn't I wasn't pre fatiguing and warming up my entire my entire body first. And if you guys are wondering, um, that that's a that's an inside joke, and we're not gonna we're not we're not we're not gonna talk about other coaches on the air. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah. So with the so so with so with the. With, with with your lower back, um, it your lower back is mostly slow twitch fibers. It's not fast twitch fibers, and so it's not really designed to lift really heavy weight. Um, the reason that heavy deadlifts work so well for the back, though, is because your upper back is loaded with fast twitch fibers. And even though it's an isometric exercise and there's really no range of motion for your back, you're just holding the weight. Um, that's why deadlifts and rack pulls work so well. Um, when I started using chains, that helped a lot because then it makes the exercise heavier at the top and lighter on the bottom. So it's, it's, so that's been a bit of a workaround, but still at the end of the day, it's very, very taxing on your lower back. And if you're doing it more than once a week, uh, good luck recovering from that. Um, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've had a lot of mornings around this, this is, this is before I was competing, um, in, in, in body, in bodybuilding. And this is when I was just, um, wanting to put on as much muscle as I could and get as, and get as big and strong as I could. And I had a lot of mornings where I could not even get out of the bed. I mean, I, I had to have my wife help 
get me out of bed and I'm like 25 years old, you know, <laughs> so way too early in life to be having back issues. Um, I started doing Jefferson deadlifts around that time to, to correct and address some uh, symmetry issues. And that seemed to fix a lot of the muscle imbalances I was having. Um, I actually stopped conventional deadlifting altogether after these last, after this last competition season, I was just like, heck with it. My body doesn't need it. Been there, done that. It served its place. And uh, now I think is a new season to where I need to be wiser about how I am lifting. Um, and then it was a, it was, it was a couple weeks ago. I was doing heavy bent over rows, Yates rows. No, excuse me, not Yates rows. Um, supinated rows for the lower lats. And, uh, and my, my cousin, my cousin Robert was over here. And whenever I'm lifting with someone else, I usually lift a little bit more than I usually do because, you know, there's a little bit of the competitive vibe there. So we were pushing each other yeah. hard and, um, and, and it just fried my back, man, just ruined it. The next, the, the next, the next week was rough. Um, st still a couple weeks later, um, th th there's times where I'll just be walking. I mean, like literally just walking and then bam, it's it just like out of nowhere. I feel like I get, I feel like I got stabbed in my back and, it, and I can feel it shoot down my leg. I got the sciatica and everything again. Um, and so it, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's one of those injuries that never really goes away and I'm probably way overdue for a chiropractor visit. <laughs> um, other than that, um, this, as far as just like therapy for it, um, uh, I'm, do, I'm doing a lot of ice baths. I do ice baths anyway, but actually right before this, this meeting, I was, um, I was, I was, I was in, I was in the ice bath, um, laying down. So I try to lay down in my ice baths, um, unless I'm doing upper body work that day, because then that can, um, hurt the inflammation and the muscle building process. So I try to, um, and so whenever, whenever I do an upper body ice bath, it's always on a rest day, which was like today. Um, that, and then putting CBD on it, C CBD cream on it from time to time. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, what you'll find caught over time is it may get better. It may get worse. All I'd say is keep a, keep tabs on what you are doing right now. So okay. you look at your training, any sort of therapies, modalities that you're doing, what your diet's like, your macros, your step count, exercise you're using, you know, all that sort of stuff, how much resting at night. Try and find a point where, you know, you sort of score yourself out of 10 on my back feels 10 out of 10 bad today. Well, okay, look at what you've been doing over that period of time. And that's what, how I've been working around it. So I've been looking at different measurements like that. Um, mm. I found for myself, like, the less I do, the better it feels. Um, yeah. The less I lay my back, the better. So it means for me, um, I'm not using as many, like, weight-loaded, like, plate-loaded machines. So things we have yeah. to actually carry away across the gym try to use the stacks, you know, the cables, stuff like that. It's a bit easy to pin pin and play. Um, so, yeah, you know, you'll find something eventually. I just recommend to people just to, it sounds very obvious, but, like, you know, take it easy and just work really hard at what you can do that feels safe and just try to avoid all things that cause you pain the next day. Um, yeah. Sometimes it can take a bit longer, you know. Sometimes I've, I tweak my back sometimes and I think, God, what, what are, where did that come from? Then I think, oh, yeah, last night I, you know, rolled out of bed and got up too quickly you know i strained the muscle because i've done something i don't usually do you know not used to doing it so yeah keep tabs on everything that's my my suggestion based on my experience really thanks for that and then um mark, uh, mark do you have anything to add no no and i, I was just echo what jonathan said just don't do anything that's going to add more stress to it than what it is at the moment so anything that's bent over or 
especially deadlifts if you're if you are going to incorporate like a hip movement just make sure that at least three or four exercises that you're fully warm that way the muscle is completely warm you're less likely to have any injury um like you guys i've never been a fan of adding like a major major compound lifting first simply because of that reason you can you're more likely to get an injury you're, you're more likely to pull something and then the rest of your workout is pretty much effect basically so um i wouldn't incorporate any exercises at all that's going to um give you any pain i would definitely monitor on a on a daily basis like when you're walking when you're getting up out of bed just to see what it feels like um stretching i think is a big thing and um, mm-hmm. that can add that can decrease the inflammation in the body walking that's as well I should do, that's something i should do more of oh and theragun too i forgot to mention that yeah. that's been helpful walking and stretching and again obviously the carnivore diet can actually speed up the inflammation process as well and, and speed up recovery and um, just simple stuff you know what i mean just basic stuff i mean anybody that has a back issue i mean just focus on what you can actually do in the gym don't focus on like stuff that you can't do like don't worry about the deadlifts if, you, if it has to be a stationary exercise like a seated row then so be it because you can still get major major results you can still improve i mean look at people that are that are in wheelchairs people that are in wheelchairs can still get results you know what i mean people that mm-hmm. are going into the gym that are disabled can still get results so that's i'm not saying that's the mindset you need to have but when you have an injury you just need to work around it try and strengthen the area as much as possible and the best way to do it is just as i said the food the sleep the recovery the ice baths you know what i mean doing the exercise in the gym and then eventually then it will improve a lot more for sure yeah i've been doing um even even, even rose don't feel don't feel the best on it even even one arm rows when um robert sykes was here we, we were doing he wanted he wanted to hit every single body part he's training he's training full body um splits right now because he's hungry for his pro card <laughs> and he's um and he, he's on contest prep right now and so his training is uh full body workouts not a lot of cardio and he's just letting the diet do all the work just like we do um but i was but, but I, was, I was doing more like reverse push-ups um, or inverted rows, whatever you want to call it. So there's no pressure on the lower back. And, um, and I'm, and I've actually been feeling a lot better doing chin-ups because it feels like it decompresses the spine. So I feel like I'm able to work my back, but also help it heal. Like kind of like I'm ki- uh, killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. 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 And I think, he, I think elongating the muscle as well. Like, 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 I, like I mentioned, like stretching, like if you, like, if you can imagine you're hanging yourself from, um, a pull up like bar and just stretching there. Just yeah. letting your body, let your body just like go go down and just get as deep into that stretch as possible. Maybe maybe add some ankle weights onto your leg just to pull you down. That was kind of exercise. Oh, that's a great there. that's a that's a great idea. Yeah, because I totally have ankle weights. I could do that. You know what I mean? Okay. So it, so when you're looking at yeah. the, when you look at when you're looking at like stretching the stretching movements in a back exercise, I always pre, I always do this sometimes with clients. Like I'll always say to them, okay, before you actually leave the gym. Um, increase the weight and pretty much hang out the bar as much as you can and just just hang there just hang for as much as you can let everything stretch in your back your lats your rhomboids your delts your posterior delts let them all stretch hold on to for as much as much as you can or you could you could do this with a, like a lap pull down just hold the bar hold it in like a half position and just hold it for as much as you possibly can until you get until you get a full stretch and then before you let the bar drop just hold on for about, for about in that static position for about twenty to thirty seconds. Let everything stretch in your back, and you'll feel you'll feel great. 
we call we call them monkey grip hangs. Kind of what what, what, you're, what you're describing, Mark. Um, it's a it's a forearm and a grip exercise. And I actually was was doing it before to get better at deadlifts. Ironically enough, um, but but yeah, I I, lo I love doing what you just described. Um, so I hold on to the bar with just my fingertips, and then that strengthens the heck out of my forearm. Your forearms are screaming, but really by the by by the end of a 45 seconds to a minute of doing that. Your back yeah. just feels great. The rest of your body feels great. I mean, the, the yeah. I think the most important. Sorry, Jonathan. I think the most important thing is when when it comes to like exercise. I think I think there's an awful lot of misled information out there about like you need to do like especially when it comes to back exercises. You need to do like the bent over rows of the bars. You need to do the bent over rows of the dumbbells. You need to do the deadlifts with the bar. I mean, you can still get pretty much a good back without these exercises. You really can. Um, they're not they're not set in stone. You can always do like it like it doesn't have to be a deadlift off the ground. It can be like um uh what do you call it? like a rack pull. You can pr pretty much pull with the bar from the knee. You can still get the same same drive in your lower back. It doesn't have to be pulled from the ground. You know what I mean? So it's just about training safe. Like I, I've been I've been fortunate over the years that I've never I've never had a serious injury. I've had a few niggles, but I've never had a serious injury in the gym to the point where I'd have to take my time or sorry, where it took me out for a long, long time. I just listened to my body. I just done the exercise that I felt good on. And I think the best thing about the gym is you need to make sure you go into the gym and do an exercise that you feel comfortable on. Um, and what you want, what your genetics feel good on. Doesn't it like for, as I said, for me, like I don't feel good doing a barbell squat. My, my body is just not designed for that. So I never do it. I never put the bar on my shoulder. Now, when I was younger, I could get away with it, but I don't do it now. So I, I, now I need to look at an alternative. So now my prime, my primary source when it comes to leg exercise, especially for the quad, is always going to be um, the leg press because it, it protects your lower back. Uh, I might do the hack squat. Um, and that's I'm pretty so, much I'm so with you on everything that you just said with, with squat, especially the more I've been studying Vince, Vince Geronda. I just I don't see the points. I know I know people say that, yeah, to get great legs, you need to squat. But no. I will always disagree with that, and I'm not. I'm no expert. I'm not, I mean, I, there are bodybuilders out there that would say, "Listen, no, it, it, like, have you seen my legs? My legs are huge. I've done squatting for years. Yeah, that that's that worked for you. You probably had the genetics for that, but someone like me, it just wouldn't work for me. Um, I know, I, I know, I can get equally, if if better, a better job just by sitting on a leg press and doing the exact same movements, hack squat. I just feel safer. I feel a lot and. I will always do an exercise where I feel safe instead of going into an exercise and it's scaring the shit out of me that to the point if I take it to failure, I could literally snap something and there's no way am I actually going to do that. No way. Beautiful. What did we, what did we learn over the, over this last session? I think we could summarize. I think we could summarize everything by listen to your body. Not everyone is created the same, and we all have we, we all have unique bodies that require specific training. And less is more. Is that pretty Absolutely. much? And whiskey. And whiskey. Yeah, but... <laughs> a few, few, few glasses of whiskey as well. Yeah. And and, and, Mar and Mark is a menace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the title of the episode. Mark's the men Mark the menace. <laughs> you you want you want you want to wrap up for us, Mark? Yep, no problem. Give me one second. I'll get it free now. Okay, guys. So that's it for episode for our episode today. Thanks for listening. Make sure you you're you're subscribed to the channel. Share it with a friend. 
If you found it helpful, I will check in with you again next week on session number 13 of Carnivore Coaches Corner. Yeah, buddy. See you guys later. See you guys. Happy with that. See you later.